you don't have to have a super sophisticated message, like what can be simple and compelling, but also like really authentic. It doesn't have to be complicated or overthought, but also how that message gets out there. When we think about now, you know, what is moving the needle? Digital is moving the needle. So definitely ways that you can scale your message have gotten way easier, but also there's people out there doing it. So there's a lot of noise. And so I think what's different is how you cut through that noise a little bit. This is the CMO NGO podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. Welcome to the podcast, Vanessa. Hi, great to be joining you. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Obviously, you're the CSO or Chief Sales Officer and the co-founder of HealthAid Kombucha. Um, you have a wealth of marketing and sales knowledge. Uh, so I'm super excited to have you to share all your insights with the listeners. But before we do all that, perhaps give us a little uh, backstory, some origin story of who uh, Vanessa is. Yeah, so a little bit about me. I am a native Angelino. So I am born and raised in Los Angeles, and I'm uniquely still living here. Um, I was, um, I am uh, Asian American, Chinese, actually. And, you know, I think that helps inform a little bit about about my perspective on diversity um, and also just really understanding how to build kind of diverse teams. And so just growing up as an Asian American in a very homogenous society of, in a suburb of Los Angeles, I feel like I've really kind of in my early years wanted to fit in, but I realized over the course of my thirties, 30 years here, um, I find that there's a strength in knowing who you are and what makes you different. And I find that, you know, at HealthAid, when we started, me, my best friend and her husband, we started with this idea that we can create a different premium kombucha product and bring that to the marketplace. And rather than, you know, try to conform and be more of the same, we really tried to lean into the difference and what makes us premium. And so, you know, I think you know, between my personal background and also what we're trying to do at HealthAid, it's really exciting to see where we're taking our company because it is a new normal out in society and we want to be able to respond to our consumers and really be authentic in, in the product and the brand that we're driving out there. And I think that starts with us as founders. Absolutely. So maybe take, take me back a little bit. Uh, I read that you, you were, um, yeah, the career in sales, corporate sales, and then you kind of started Healthy around 2012. Um, what was sort of like the what was what was the transition like, and what what kind of made you really want to go for it and uh, leave that security of a of a nine to five, if you will? Yeah, so um, I have my background in science, and I was in pharma, like you mentioned, and you know I am. Someone who um, really, it's hard to shake a feeling when it's inside of you, right? So for me at the time and still, it's this idea of being my own boss, creating something that has a lasting legacy and that is actually meaningful to the community and the marketplace. And at the time, it was just you know, me running the corporate hamster wheel, if you will. 
um, really kind of doing the same thing every day. And it just didn't vibe with me to my core. And in my gut, I felt, I knew there was something bigger for me. Um, and in terms of building that, I just felt like it had to be outside of corporate America. And I've always had the entrepreneurial bug and that's where me and my best friend and her husband came together to form this entrepreneur club. And it was there that we brainstormed different ideas. And then once we landed on kombucha and it was, um, you know, let's see how to make this go. And it was ultimately, um, the idea that this is something like build it and they will come and creating this dream that I had the courage to leave my corporate job. Um, it was a very comfortable life, but then leaving that for a uncomfortable entrepreneurial venture is often scary. And, but I have to say, you know, my palms are sweaty. My gut was wrenched when I you know, left that job, but I, Never look back after that, and I'm so thankful that I did that in the end. Well, that's really awesome. Uh, we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, or even entrepreneurs listening. Um, and one thing I always talk to my peers about is the over-romanticization of the success stories of startups, and um, they don't really showcase the lows and the challenges. Uh, but for you personally, Vanessa, what sort of challenges did you see initially when you first uh, launched HealthAid? Oh, I mean, how do I count? Um, so one is money. Two is um, just overall the, the, I guess, ammunition you need to put something out in the market. And then um, third, I guess just this overall like knowledge on what you need to do to scale within CPG. But I find that once you start to kind of go down this rabbit hole of all the what if and problems and challenges, you just become paralyzed in the what if, right? And so for us, I think that's why we were actually able to get our product out to market, get our product off the ground, really start moving this engine and build health aid because we didn't dwell. We didn't really um, let those what ifs hold us back. Sure money definitely became an issue because we were paying ourselves $600 every six weeks, but we um, managed through and we always try to do the best we can utilize grit and just really hustle and make it happen. And I think there is something to be said about those early days and really just not uh, resting on your laurels, but actually working to make it happen for yourself. And so that's what we did. Um, so I think it's really easy uh, for someone to just say, here are all the reasons why you can't, but there's also a whole list of other reasons why you can. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, those are the biggest challenges that we encountered and sometimes still encounter, but, um, you know, those early days are, were interesting to say the least. Absolutely. It's always fun launching a new brand or a company. Uh, so much about entrepreneurship is, uh, is about mindsets and just, um, sheer resilience. Um, but for you personally, uh, Vanessa, what would you say your unique skill or superpower was or is um, that's helped you become so successful? Yeah. So, I mean, I am, I would say maybe there's two things that go hand in hand. It's um, optimism. I would say like I am a forever proton and, and it's not so much seeing the world in this like fantastical way. It's more about seeing like the, what could be and like what, 
are the solutions to really um, get us to win and like get us to where we want to be. And so for me, I'm always like heading in that direction and really trying to win through our teams. Like, honestly, it's just um, being able to pull or push people to what could be. And so I think from a people perspective and like a personal outlook perspective, it's really the optimism and utilizing people to get to that goal and driving to it. I'm definitely like a high achiever. Um, as my husband says, <laughs> but, um, more, that's more wearing on my own personal, um, I guess, uh, energy levels, but I am definitely there to bring the energy of achieving to the teams and helping them explore and empower them to, to reach what I think they can. Absolutely. No, I love that. Um, one thing I did want to touch on was, um, with the whole pandemic, uh, obviously COVID, um, has affected many people, many business owners, many workers, employees. Um, but for you, have you been able to adapt to, I know off air, we talk about working from home and, uh, but how have you been able to adapt, uh, the work-life balance of a successful entrepreneur? You know, it's, um, the balance is just that it's a balance. I don't think it's like one or the other. And it's like, I, I guess I would say it's more of a blend. Um, because like, for example, being a new mom, having a business and then, um, trying to stay sane, you know, you can create a schedule where, you know, your schedule starts right at nine, your baby goes to bed right at eight. Um, and then you're able to really carve out your self care. But the reality is, is sometimes things change and pivot and like things come up. And you need to devote devote a lot of energy to one area of your life. Um, But sometimes the other areas just become needing and just lacking, right? And so you're you're thinking to yourself, how do I fill up this cup of my life? And so for me, I remember um, in the like early years of building health aid, it was all health aid all the time. Um, much to the detriment, I think, of my own sanity. But then I realized that in order to really be the best for the business, I needed to take care of myself. And so I needed to fill that cup. So there's a book that I read called Design Your Life. And essentially, it's like envisioning these different cups of life. So for me, it's family, personal relationships, work, career, um, personal care, personal fulfillment, extracurriculars in that way. And I guess I took stock and I do this regularly just to understand where have I been devoting my energy and where I have, where have I not, where do I want to devote more to? And then, um, I, I feel like checking in with myself in that way always helps me to get back to equilibrium and get that right blend of what's going on in my life. Absolutely. I just wanted to make a quick step, a quick pivot, um, just to give some context for the listeners. Um, what's maybe something Health Aid Kombucha does that maybe even your customers or obviously the listeners don't know about? Um, let's see. Um, something that's unique about us that we do that no other kombucha competitor does is, you know, we, we say that we make the best tasting, highest quality kombucha one can buy. What does that mean? So highest quality, we use a fresh pressed juice in our as flavoring. Um, and so that's been really important to how we started and still is really important to how we started or to what we do now, because it does impact the flavor in a way that, um, no other brand does. And I do believe we are the best tasting because of how we do what we do. And that's never going to be compromised. 
Absolutely. And I guess your track record show showcases that too. Uh, I read that you went from farmers, farmers markets to now a national brand. Um, obviously there's lots of, uh, golden nuggets, I'm sure in there to, for our listeners to know, but what, what would you say are the key elements to really building a successful brand like healthy? Hmm. So, I mean, we didn't know this at the time, so it's not like we put these pieces into play, but I guess I would say looking back, it's um, understanding what the right product market fit is for the consumer that you're going after. So we didn't know that kombucha was going to be such a strong fit for you know the healthiest type consumers right i guess you could imagine that's the case but as we look back you have this consumer profile and kombucha specifically health aid with our brand position with our quality with our um i guess all around brand persona it really does meet the consumer's needs in so many ways. So when you think about it from all angles, we fit that market, you know, to a T and we really um, honed in on that. And so from, from like a looking back perspective, I guess I would say it's knowing who you're going after and who you're speaking to and making sure your product is fitting that type of market. And then also it's um, injecting a little bit of grit in combination to just like tenacity, hustle, alongside um, just getting the buzz out there about your brand. I think that's what we did early on with like farmer's markets. We were in, you know, all these it stores around Los Angeles. We got the product into celebrities' hands, not because we paid for that or we sent it to them, but because they actually liked it because they picked it up at the store, they were photographed with it. And then we realized that and able to really just focus in on that type of, I guess, celebrity cachet, um, you know, being part of the events, if whatever that may mean to a brand, like if you are a total gym rat that's focused on CrossFit, like, are you participating and are you present and relevant in things that matter to those people who also share that same view? Um, I think that's super important is we are present and relevant in our consumer's eyes. I love that. Present and relevant. I love that. Uh, would you say there's been like a most successful marketing campaign that you've, uh, I guess, launched for Health Aid? Um, you know, there's been a, a few iterations and there's definitely more to come, I would say. Um, I would say the um, when we think about where we started and kind of like where we're going with the brand, one that really stuck out as having like really powerful visuals, really powerful um, response from both our consumers and other um, colleagues in the industry was our campaign that we launched um, in 2019. I forget what year I'm in actually. Um, in 2019, so last year, it seems like a lifetime ago, given yeah. 2020 <laughs> happenings. But um, it was really a campaign to be more bold. Um, following your gut on a real level. And so the visuals were neon, bold, fun. And it was something very different than what you're seeing out there from other kombucha brands, where it's more, um, I guess you could say chill, namaste, um, very much yoga inspired. We've been there. We didn't need to go back there or stay in that same vein. And so it, it felt really good to be different and having something very, um, 
I wouldn't say even polarizing is the right word, something very um, unique and just impactful to your day, be present as part of our um, brand campaign. Absolutely. Uh, One thing I really wanted to ask you, Vanessa, was what do you see the relationship between marketing and sales um, when it comes to just overall business um, activities? Yeah. I mean, to me, they have to be not just married, but they have to be like um, conjoined twins, not doing the same thing, but really working in concert together. And so, you know, what I mean by that is you know, a good learning is when we first started, we were able to launch our product in like the Rocky Mountain area, so Colorado. And so it was something's happened where the product didn't exactly get on shelf at the right time. Uh, when we planned it like April. Um, but our marketing team was already there. So the problem with that is you market to, to a whole community when you don't have the product on shelf, that's the problem. But, um, when you have a really high functioning team between sales and marketing, it's like a, a nice stepwise ladder. So you have sales building the availability and pushing the product out to market. You have marketing really building that kind of buzz and that cred and being able to gather the pull and the hype around the product. And so they build upon each other and you kind of create this flywheel that is very high momentum and you just can't um, hide from it basically. And so like that to me is an awesome sales and marketing duo, um, just working arm in arm to kind of attack it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that analogy. Um, I just want to quickly step back again. Uh, so you mentioned that you started Health Aid in 2012. Um, I'm just curious, from your perspective, how's the beverage industry changed from when you first started uh, to now? Um, wow, dramatically. It, um, it, well, okay, I will say this. In some ways, it's still the same, and in some ways, it's dramatically different. Um, and maybe it's because I know better now around certain aspects of the business. Um, but you know, when we started, it was, or I guess it still is, you have products that are going, um, and geared toward this core consumer that's after the better for you. In that way, I don't think anything has changed. I think more and more companies are really looking to consumers who are looking for better for you because honestly, more people are looking for better for you products. So that kind of is working together. Where things are really different is, I guess I would say, um, how you speak to a consumer has changed. Um, before, like, you don't have to have a super sophisticated message, like what can be simple and compelling, but also like really authentic. It doesn't have to be complicated or overthought, but also how that message gets out there. You know, before we were very much um, field heavy, like field marketing, events, we were out there. It was very manual and very intense when it came to uh, like feet on the street. When we think about now, you know, what is moving the needle? Digital is moving the needle. Um, you know, eight years ago, we were barely dipping our toe in digital. We had a strong Instagram following, but we weren't sophisticated about that. Um, so definitely um, ways that you can scale your message have gotten way easier, but also there's um, people out there doing it. Um, and so there's a lot of noise. And so I think what's different is how you cut through that noise a little bit. Absolutely. And yeah, like you mentioned, that authenticity piece really helps in cutting through the noise. Um, but 
for you personally, Vanessa, what, what's kind of the, your favorite social media networks? Um, you mentioned digital. Um, so I'm just curious from, from your perspective for personally and professionally. Um, when you say like, um, social media networks, are you talking about like, what are kind of like my frequented, um, apps or like frequented, um, digital platforms? Yeah. The platforms you spend the most time on. Um, well, recently I guess it's been Instagram and maybe not recently, maybe like that's, it used to be Facebook, but I feel like Facebook to me is like a far memory. Um, so recently it's Instagram and I've dabbled in TikTok, but to be honest, maybe I'm too old for TikTok. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, so I don't think I've quite like tapped into it yet. Um, and then, um, I would say it's primarily Instagram. Honestly, life of a newborn sends me to forums around how to you know make a baby sleep quite honestly. So it's like, <laughs> like stuff like that, but in order to understand, Oh, I would say this LinkedIn and Instagram. Those are kind of like my go-to at the moment. Awesome. You're not on the uh, TikTok dances yet. <laughs> I'm not on the TikTok dances yet. Maybe soon. I need, I need someone to kind of show me the way. Maybe when your kid grows a little older, uh, they'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be schooled. My baby. Um, my next question is, I always love to ask this question. Um, some say it's a little trickier, but I think it's a little fun. But what's one question, Vanessa, that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? How am I feeling? Um, I guess I say that, like a lot of people say, how are you? But the you know, it really is just a filler question to kind of like get to what you need to get to. But like when you ask, how are you really feeling about blah, blah, blah? um, to get to the root of the matter or to just, you know, check in, see how you're feeling and are you okay? Um, I think as a leader of a company, I think as a mom, I think as, you know, someone who's always trying to be strong for, you know, her, her loved ones, there's a lot of, um, cover up, but just, trying to be strong and like taking up more or taking up as much as I can. And so often um, you can't share that with anyone or you feel like you can't for whatever reason uh, or you shouldn't. And so just that simple, like, how are you feeling um, is really special. <laughs> well, that leads to my next question, actually, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling? <laughs> you know, so, um, well, I'm glad that you asked. Um, yeah, this is like my second week fully, fully back into the business and um, a lot of conflicting emotions, to be quite honest. Um, coming back, well, I should say leaving my baby with a nanny who's awesome. I think she's great for us and um, Oliver. Um, it's hard for any mom, I think. And so, leaving kind of this new baby in this new stage of life is very fragile. Um, so there's that emotion and then it's coming back to the business where I'm so thrilled and proud to see our team really holding down certain elements of what needs to happen day to day, but then also really seeing kind of like up ahead and what the future is and how to really build toward that. It's not just um, a walk in the park. So there's definitely certainly work to be done. And I can say I'm energized for that. Um, I'm excited and I'm thrilled to be back and 
with like a clearer vision of where I want to take the company. Um, but with all of that, um, plus, you know, making sure that in this new normal of life, I am good to myself and then also maintaining a personal relationship with my husband, all of those things are fed. And so there's just a lot more to do than I feel like time exists. And (laughs) I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. However, it's a convergence of emotions where it's, um, uh, sad about my baby and leaving him excited about the future, overwhelmed by, you know, all that needs to be done. Um, so with that, I guess you can call it like a, um, what happens when a star die, like explodes or whatnot, like a supernova. So it's like a supernova event in my, in my head. (laughs) I love that. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, just got to take care of yourself and I always like to say on the podcast and even to my friends and uh, contemporaries that mental health as well. Um, what, what piece of advice would you give to other entrepreneurs or aspiring entre- entrepreneurs, uh, Vanessa, to really take care of their um, well-being through this crazy roller coaster we call business and entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, I guess I would say you show yourself a little compassion. Um, but that's really vague. So like, I would, um, also amend that to be, you know, what does that look like? Right. So showing yourself compassion and saying, it's okay to not have, you know, not doing a million things at once. Like it's okay to say no to something. It's okay to, um, just take a walk and clear your head. And so I think just saying to yourself, it's okay. Um, it's, it's just fine. Absolutely. I love that. Um, only a few more questions here for you, Vanessa. Um, you mentioned you're so you're juggling all these balls uh, with motherhood and running a business and being a great uh, partner, but um, whatever sliver of time you have, what sort of things are you reading or listening to that's really inspired you? Hmm. So I think from like a reading side, I, I wanted to get out of the heavy, like I used to be very heavy in the, uh, self-care and like business, like development books. But recently I just felt this need to have more levity in my life. And so I'm reading, um, dear girls by Ali Wong. And then, um, so that's been you know really fun. And then, you know, listening to, I really have, um, I guess I used to love listening to entrepreneurial podcasts, much like this one. Um, and just kind of understanding like what else other people are doing. But, you know, right now, like I'm not trying to um, just do the most that I can. I'm trying to really hone in on my special gifts, hone in on my Zen. And so I would say it's actually going back to the music that really gets me there. So like when I think about you know what makes me productive, it's like Erica Badu. It is like R&B. It is, um, you know, music that makes me feel good. So like... Um, pop music, like Andy Grammer, something that makes you feel, um, good. And for me, it's been more about music versus any type of learnings, I should say. Absolutely. Um, one, one question that they want to ask, uh, maybe a little back to the marketing and sales. Uh, I just want to give some value for the more value for the listeners. Um, but hypothetically, if you were given, let's say uh, 50% more budget, um, what sort of things, or platforms or I guess executions would you uh, do to utilize and get a high ROI on that uh, extra budget? I would say more digital, Uh, more digital 
and more um, like, I guess the right word is partnerships um, because, you know, we've become this established brand that people know and trust. And I think right now people are more than ever on digital devices. So if we can find ways to cut through the noise um, through digital footprints and where, where people are really going and be really targeted and how we're talking to them, I think we double down on that. And then in terms of you know, who we work with and how to amplify our voices to the consumers that maybe other like brands and other um, brands that not are within CBG, but like music, beauty, whatever that may be, how we start to work with those types of brands um, and expose our brand to them would be really cool. That's awesome. I love that. Um, one question I did want to ask also, uh, only a couple more questions here for you, but um, what's, what's something that you're really proud of that maybe we haven't touched on in the interview uh, so far? I think I'm really, well, I am proud of building healthy, but I feel like that's an obvious answer. Um, something that I'm really proud of is, um, I would say the other brands and companies that I advise and invest in, I think it's really cool to see, um, other diverse founders, uh, just kind of building brands in their own perspective. And, you know, I, I wish that someone bet on, bet on us early on because we were so desperately seeking like money and investment and counsel. And so for me, if I can give back just a little bit of that to other entrepreneurs, it makes me happy. And I guess I'm really proud to the work that they're doing because it's not easy and I've been through it, still going through it. And so I'm just proud um, of my little contribution to the, to their world. That's awesome. Do you want to give a little shout out to some of the ones uh, that you want to share on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of them that come to mind, um, like fly by Jing. Um, she creates this, um, it's a Chinese sauce company, but that doesn't even do it justice. Um, the full powerful flavors, um, Malibu milk. So it's a hemp based milk product and, um, matcha bar, which, um, is, actually like a matcha company that started out as like a brick and mortar store in New York and LA, but has really kind of broadened their, um, spread their wings and, and puts out a ready to drink matcha beverage. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I actually read, read uh, your LinkedIn article, um, you being a first generation Asian American. Um, and I really related cause I actually, I'm, I'm born in Nigeria, but really grew up in Canada here. Um, so I actually kind of saw, saw myself in some of those scenarios um, but how has that upbringing really helped you, um, get that thick skin and that resilience as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up Asian American in a community that was very homogenous, um, Caucasian, I just felt like I always wanted to be more of that versus, um, being less being more Asian. And so for like, I think a critical point was when I was in grade school, you know, I had my favorite like Chinese food that my mom made for me and, you know, I brought it to school and it's not like the typical sandwich and apple and, and soda or juice box that you bring. And so there's a smell to it and it's different. And I just remember being called, um, 
a racial slur. And I just felt so ashamed at the time. I felt so different and I felt like alienated from all these people I thought were my friends. And so more and more, I tried to reject who I was innately, um, trying to be fitting in with who I thought was cool. Um, and so I found myself living in two worlds, honestly, like on the, with my family, I was doing like some things that were very Chinese. I was going to Chinese school on the weekends, but during the week I was, you know, going to soccer, trying to like be fitting in with the girls and do doing stuff, um, with them. And it was different. And it wasn't until I would say like late college years, early twenties, I would say that, those insecurities started to just fade away. And I realized that what makes me, me is not the fact that I'm fitting in or cool by someone else's standards, but I am me, all of me, like unapologetically me. And that includes embracing my identity as Chinese American. And I feel like that's really been able to um, give me, I guess, the strength to know that although different, it gives me this unique view that, you know, other people building a company and beverage and food and beverage just doesn't have. Um, and so I embrace that now. And I, I always think back and I've always been this like awkward, dorky girl. Um, I still am. And I think that also is what makes me, me. And so there's no need to shy away from that. It's who I am. And it's part of the fiber of my being and contributes to, um, you know, who I am and how I got here and where I'm going to go. So um, I've learned to not shy away from that, but rather embrace all of it. Oh man, I love that. Yeah, I always like to say, uh, just live your truth and that's what makes you unique. So I love that uh, you touched on that because yeah, that's something I definitely also uh, struggled with uh, growing up, but uh, no, that's that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, my last couple of questions, uh, not to put you on the spot, but... uh, uh, off air, you said you, you live in LA and I live here in Calgary, but, uh, the weather has been really nice here. So I'm just curious, what's uh, what's a good health aid flavor or a uh, product for a hot summer, summer day? Ooh, there's so many. Um, I would say there's a couple that are really just screaming summer to me. Um, and that I actually have in my fridge right now. Um, so there's watermelon that we just came out with. A watermelon is like a mainstay of summer and it's probably our most delicious flavor yet. And there's passion fruit. It makes me think of Hawaii and how I just want to be on a beach in Katapali. And then there's tropical punch. It's, um, you know, so fruity. It makes you think about, you know, everything South of the equator and just being laying in a little hammock with a straw hat um, and just on the beach and enjoying life. So I would say those three flavors really stick out to me. That's awesome. Um, so what's next for Vanessa and Health Aid for whatever you can share? <laughs> yeah. So with Health Aid, I mean, there's so much. And you know, this being um, the close of Q3 of 2020, we have a lot that we're thinking of doing, not to just close out the year, but to really help build and solidify the brand into 2021. So, um, and beyond really. So we have new lines coming out. We have new products launching. We just launched Health Aid Plus. We just launched Health Aid Booch Pop. So although when you think about the Health Aid name, you think of kombucha, these are line extensions 
that really extend us not just in an elevated way within kombucha, but really extends us into different areas of the grocery store and extending us to new customers as well. Um, when we think about next year, we're going to continue to innovate in and elevate who we are as a brand. And I'm excited because, you know, that, you know, me personally, I'm excited to not just drive health aid there in a new way with a new perspective, that perspective being, I guess, a new mom and understanding that, in the world of trade-offs, you can't do everything, but what can you do and really get right? Um, and so that's one thing. And I guess I would say that, you know, I'm, this is a new normal for me where, you know, I'm not held to a social obligation calendar. There's not a million things for me out there to do. Like I can really be happy and present in the moment of the life that I have now. And, um, it's really simple and nice. And I really enjoy that. And I can really take stock of where I want to build, you know, whether it be more community involvement. Um, I can help understand myself where I want to devote my next step on my personal development. And so that's a really cool place to be. That's really awesome. And I look forward to just seeing you and the company grow. I think you're an awesome leader, awesome entrepreneur. And I think your products are sweet. Uh, I really, I really like them. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Vanessa. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Joe. Have a good one. And uh, real quick, I like to end the podcast with the guest or um, the, yeah, the guest essentially saying a word or a phrase to describe their personal brand. So my last question to you, Vanessa is what's one word or phrase to describe Vanessa Dew's brand? I would say it is, um, Forever Proton, optimistic at heart. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.